Welcome to Power of the Cross Radio Sermons. We are so happy you could join us. Next, you will be hearing a message from Pastor Farrell Wilson. Brother Wilson is the pastor of the Lighthouse Church in Grenada, Mississippi. To learn more about the Lighthouse, visit their website at grenadachurch.com. Now, on to the message. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 17, the preaching of the cross, to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, Lord. A lot of serious situations in the world, in our own lives, our homes, our churches, but nothing's caught you by surprise today, Lord. Everything's still the same with you, Lord. Nothing has changed with you. And Father, we depend upon your grace and mercy, not only on the lands abroad, but here at home, Lord, our home church, God, to fill the house once again, to bring healing to people, Lord, to revive us once again in this land that we live in, Lord. Today, God, as we break the bread of life, Father, we just pray your blessings over it. We pray that a strong presence will be felt this morning, God, among us, and we ask it in Jesus' name, and we say amen. I want to preach to you a message I titled, Still the Same, Still the Same. And it's, the message is about the cross. And the, the message of the cross is dear to me because of this. is because it saved my life. Uh, you know, we, we laugh and we smile and we kid together. We're a small family. But, but I take the seriousness of the cross because if it had not been for what Christ accomplished at Calvary, we, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be preaching this I don't know where the church would be. I kind of feel like that when we come here, they said they was going to shut it down. There may have been another church here. I don't know, but it certainly would have been a lot different. And it not only saved my life, it saved the life of this church as a body in this community. And when something saves your wretched life, you learn to appreciate it and cherish it. If if something, if uh, you was in a car wreck, I, I know we had a lady during revival. She said that, uh, she was in a car wreck, and the car caught on fire, and out of nowhere, a man reached into the car and pulled her out and saved her life. And she was burned on her, uh, below, you know, her waist below, but still yet she appreciated that man for saving her life. And you, the, with the message of the cross, you learn to appreciate it because it saves our life. I love to hear good sermons on the cross. I absolutely love them. To this day, nothing's ever changed in my life. I love to hear a minister preach on the cross. I think one of the best I've ever heard in, in my 17 years as a Christian, I think the best that I've ever heard had to be Mark Williams. He's uh, was the general overseer in the Church of God. He's still in the Church of God. They can only serve so many terms. But he single-handedly, by he preached the best sermon I have ever heard on uh, sanctification as it regards the cross. I've never heard a sermon that good by anybody. Absolutely fabulous. I wish I had it on tape. But more than any reason I cherish the cross out of all these things, though, is because I know it is what the Bible says is correct doctrine. I, I've had this discussion so many times over the past few weeks. In fact, me and Anthony, we sat over here yesterday for several hours after we worked, and we talked about some things. A lot of it was the cross. I just know this is correct. I know what will set you free. I know what will change your life. Every one of you today in here, 
are facing something different. I have something I'm facing when I walk out that door. Sister Denise, you have something you're facing. There's trials and temptations and things that are going to be in our way. We may have a sin we're trying to deal with. And it's all, all different for all of us. And I know one thing that will answer each and every situation. And that's the cross. We live in a day and age when nobody wants to hear about the cross anymore. And they wonder why we have the problems we're having. People wonder why our nation's in upheaval. We wonder why Russia's over there right now about to invade a country. Now, we could take that lightly, but when they start sending our sons and daughters over there to die on a foreign battlefield, it's going to come, become pretty important. Because I promise you, if that happens, there's going to be a lot of blood let on foreign soil over there, and it will probably be ours. And there, there's an answer for all these things, though, and it is the cross of Christ. That's why this message is so important. It's unchanging, and it's still the same from the day that it was birthed till now. And now we look at this letter. Paul wrote this letter to a church at Corinth. And as you notice, there was a dividing line off the jump that he categorized people into two situations. One, those that are perishing, those that are unsaved. This is absolutely foolishness. And I, and I remember Lauren Larson said this, and at first it kind of set me back. I had to take it in when he made this comment, but after time went by, I understood what he was saying. To these people in that area, the Greeks in that area that were not Christians, they looked at it like this. How could a little naked man hanging on a wooden stick outside of Jerusalem save me from anything? And they thought of it as foolishness. And if you don't recognize Christ as creator and savior, that's the way you'll look at it. That's one category of people. But then there's another group of people that have accepted this glorious message. And it, it is the power of God in our life. Not only does it have the power to save, but it has the power to keep you daily. And there's always, from that time until now, really since the beginning of time, there's always been two groups of people. Those that have trusted God's plan of how he would deal with the human race at that time, and those that would just consider it foolishness and reject it. Break it down a little bit further. Those that are saved and those that are lost. That's the two category of people. You know, every single person in the world this morning fall into one of those two categories. They're either saved or they're not saved. There's no, well, I might be a little saved. There's no purgatory. There's no chance to get this to do it over once you leave this world. It, you're either saved or you're lost. Anybody can experience this power of God. And I think after we're saved, we start losing sight that this power of God is available to us every single day of our life. You know, some listened to this message, and some, when they heard Paul speak it, they said, well, that's a good thing, and I accept it. And many others thought about it. They went home, and they rejected it. And the number that truly accepts the cross, friends, is far smaller than the ones that don't. And I think as you draw closer to the cross, well, I know as you draw closer to the cross and that message, the crowd's going to get smaller. People are not going to flock to this. Why? I can't tell you why. You would think the church as a whole would accept this message, but it's just not the case. There's a far smaller number gathered around the cross. And the same message, though, that Paul preached then that day is still the same message that needs to be proclaimed today. I don't care if there's two people gathering up. It's still the same message. 
If there's 5,000 gathered up, it still needs to be the same message because God never changes. Now, I want to give you several reasons why this message is still the same and why it hasn't changed. The preaching of the cross shows God's attitude towards sin. God has never changed his attitude towards sin. Now, man may try to change that. Man calls it an accident. He'll say sin is just an accident, and and I didn't mean for it to happen. God calls it an abomination. God looks at sin very harshly. Man calls sin a blunder. Well, it's just a little blunder I made. And God says it's blindness because you won't open up your eyes to what sin really is. Sin separates you from God. You can be a Christian. You can be saved on on your way to heaven. But even yet when you sin, you can't make light of it and just say, well, it's a little blunder. God says you're blind and you're not opening your eyes to what it really is. Man calls sin a chance. And God calls sin a choice. You know, we live in a day and age now where sexual sins... I showed something to my wife the other day, absolutely mind-blowing. She might remind me of where it was, but I was looking at a form that I was filling out, and I'm wanting to say it was for the VA. And they listed the different, you have a choice. Now, when I grew up, they said, are you male or female? And you click on those things. Now, how many was it, 27? It was 27 different choices you had. And I read this list off to her. I'm like, well, pretty soon there, you can identify as a zebra, a monkey, giraffe, whatever you want to be. Man calls that a chance or this is the way you were born. God says it's a choice. You make that choice in your life for sin. Uh, man calls sin an error, and God calls it enmity. It's against him. We may take it lightly and say that, well, sin is just a little bit of error on my part. And God says that sin is against him. And we may look at that and say, well, I really didn't have a choice. I didn't mean to do it. But my friends, you have a choice. You have the power to overcome sin through the cross of Calvary. You're looking at somebody that knows. You're looking at somebody that God has taken so much out of his life. Even to this day uh, at JSM, it was uh, the last Wednesday night service they had. They shared part of my testimony and about me and it, I, I don't, Glenn made, he's seen it, I didn't, some people were telling about it. Evidently, they may have mentioned my name, I guess, I don't know. But they share my testimony of what happened to me. It's been shared worldwide. I don't really care about my name, but I still like sharing that today. Why? Because I was the village idiot. I was the dope head on the corner. I was the one that you didn't want your daughter dating. I was the one you didn't want me around your house. That was me. And God took that all and turned it around, and he took that certain sins out of my life. But even to this day, I still have to look to the power of God every day of my life. And I have to, or guess what? I'll fail. I'll fail miserably. And sometimes I do. Well, what is it? That's your, eat off your own plate. Don't worry about Pharaoh you got enough to deal with on your own. I'm just here to testify. Look, even to this day, there's things that crop up in my life. What used to be methamphetamines, what used to be alcohol, has turned into attitudes. Thoughts going through my mind, things that pop out of my mouth, things that actions that I shouldn't, that may not be, used to be anything, but the Holy Spirit has said, uh-uh, not now. 
I've, I've said this testimony I don't know how many times, or it's just a little analogy that Jimmy Swagger said one time, and I, I just like sharing it, though, because it, it speaks volumes to me, and it always has for now. I think in um, this February, we, we will have been here uh, 14 years, and I, I always go back to this one little simple illustration that shows something about how the Holy Spirit works in your life, and it's this. Now, we know the Ten Commandments. I, we know that the Ten Commandments are laid out, and this is your do's and don'ts. And, but the, and people say, well, you have to live by those, and that's true. But we don't live by the letter of the law anymore. We live by the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. As a matter of fact, the Holy Spirit is going to carry you a step further. He's going to carry you way past the Ten Commandments. And this is what Brother Swaggart said that has stuck with me like glue all these years. At one time, he was a very good bowler. He was good. He was getting to the point, I mean, he was almost to the point of, I'm talking on championship level, the way I understood it. And the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, you're not going to bowl if you want to see all my glory. And he didn't understand it at first, but then he accepted what the Holy Spirit said in his life. Now, it would be stupid of him to stand up and tell somebody that bowling's a sin. Because it's not. It's not simple. It's just a game. But for him, for whatever reason, the Holy Spirit didn't want him doing that. Now, you apply that to your life. There may be things God will tell you don't do. And you can only do it by the power of God. There's nothing, you're not going to pick up this Bible and find any single thing in there about bowling. You're not going to say, well, said, Brother Fred, you shouldn't go bowl. You're not going to find that in there. But God said there would come a day that he would write the law upon a person's heart. And that's what I'm proclaiming to you today. When you live by the message of the cross that's never changed, the Holy Spirit will start dealing with you in ways you never imagined. You'll go beyond the Ten Commandments. You'll start living this life by his power and not your own. Man calls sin liberty. God calls sin lawlessness. We live in a, a time where people think sin is okay. I, I've never heard things come out of people's mouth like I have seen in the last four years. I, even politicians, I think that is one thing that has blown my mind more than anything, is to watch our leaders in Washington. I don't care what side of the table you're on. I'm talking about Republicans and Democrats. They're leaders of our nation that once used to be a nation that held up the bloodstained banner of Christ. And now they're letting words slip out of their mouth that, I mean, these words should not be said in public. Shouldn't he be saying them behind closed doors? But now they're saying them out in public like it's nothing. We have lawlessness that has swept our land. Some of these idiots are even calling for the police to be abolished. You let the police be abolished in our land. You'll have to have a machine gun to come to church. Do you think I'm joking? You let the police quit doing their job and see what happens. Just as a side note, I got, I hate to do this, but I got kind of tickled. One of the uh, ladies in Philadelphia, one of the main reporters, let's just disband the law enforcement. Uh, she got hij hijacked by about three people and they took her car, they took her money, took her purse, took everything she had. Guess who she had to call? The police. Friends, it's not liberty to sin. God calls it lawless. And sin will not only erode your life, it'll erode the church, and it has cer certainly eroded our nation. 
Once again, thank you for listening to our broadcast. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Now, we ask you to help us keep bringing great Pentecostal messages to the world. Join us in our effort to reach the lost by supporting this ministry with a generous offering. We cannot do this unless people just like you give to help cover the costs. On the home page, click on how you can help. There you can give by credit card, debit card or e-check. Let the Lord bless you and use you in your giving. Now, back to the message. Man calls sin a, a small mistake. God calls sin a huge tragedy. And that's what it is. What is God's attitude towards sin? He hates it. God absolutely hates it. He doesn't hate the sinner, but he hates the sin. It is a transgression against his law. And only the power of God can show you that through the cross of Calvary. God gave us laws so we would know what to do and what not to do. He's laid out what's right and wrong in his word. And he hates sin because it breaks his laws. And sin separates you from him. When we turn from sin, though, we're saved. It is the power of God. Henry Ironside told a story. It was an unusual street sermon. He was in San Diego, California, and they were having revival services. And a small girl was coming to church. It kind of stood out to him, but her family was just unsaved. The father especially, he was a saloon owner, a bar owner. And he, uh, he wasn't a bad man. He always did good for his family. He tried to do the right thing, but yet still he was a sinner. He said he had no time for religion. And the little girl, though, kept coming to the services, and she was saved. And finally one night the father come with this little girl to one of the services, and Henry Ironside said he fell up under extreme conviction and he got saved. Well, after that, as he was standing around the altar, it come over him and said, you know, I can't continue to be a barkeep. I can't continue to serve alcohol to the community. And people in the church started commenting and telling him what to do. He said, well, you ought to just sell it and take the money and, and use it and get into another business. And something come over him, the Holy Spirit is what it was, something come over him and he said, no, I can't do that. I just know that would be wrong to profit from something that has brought so much tragedy into people's life and I've been responsible for it for years and I'm just not going to continue to do that. Well, lo and behold, he went and got permits for what he was about to do. And one day at an intersection in San Diego, big intersection, pretty close to the saloon, he stacked up kegs of beers into a pyramid. And then he, a huge crowd started gathering. Ironside was there to watch this. And he climbed on top of the beer kegs. And he began to preach. And he said, what used to stand over me in my life and dominate me, now I'm standing on top of it by the grace of God. And they said every time he would preach a little bit, somebody would pass him up a bottle of liquor. And he'd take it and break it. He broke every single bottle of liquor on all those beer kegs. And at the end of his sermon, he took a match and lit it all on fire. Henry Ironside said that was the best street sermon he'd ever seen in his life. And the idea hit me. I said, you know, when you're saved, you got to leave sin behind. There's many people that said he was stupid and, and probably he could have profited from all that. But I believe the man, I know he made the right choice. He left those things behind. And I don't know what happened to him after that. He called the stuff liquid damnation. I love it. He called it liquid damnation. My friends, I, I believe in my heart that God blessed that man many times over for serving him and making that choice.
God hates sin because sin is of the devil. 1 John 3 and 8. He that committeth sin is of the devil. That's what the Word says. I didn't make that up. That's what the Word of God says. And God hates it because it brings eternal death. We've got every single one of us here today, those listening by radios, those that don't want to come into the church, every single human being will all lead this life one day. But there's another death that can happen to you. The Bible calls it the second death. When you're in eternity, to be separated from God is called the second death. You don't want to die that second death. That's why the Bible says Jesus took the sting away from death. Yes, we have to give up this old tabernacle one day on this earth. But there's coming a day when you can live eternally with him. And death is the harvest of sin is what it is. Make that choice for him today. I feel in my spirit somebody's going to hear this message. Make that choice for Christ today and turn from that sin. Number two, the preaching of the cross reveals God's love. The cross reveals how great that love he has for us. He's rich in mercy. And his great love is shown by giving his best. And I know I've said this several times, but how great it is to say it again that Christ, if he had come here and been a great teacher... As he was born, he was divinely born. Let's say if he just, that we know that happened, and he lived this life, he taught, he did all the miracles we read about in the Bible. Let's say it stopped there, and he went to ascend it to heaven, and he never went to Calvary. You wouldn't be saved. Just because he was divinely born, just because he did miracles, just because he was the greatest teacher the earth had ever seen, just because he was the son of God, those things did not redeem you. Yes, they played a part in it, but it all led up to Calvary where the sacrifice had to happen. You cannot separate Christ from his cross, and the church is doing a fantastic job at that now. And I don't mean that in a good way. They're doing a great job of taking the blood out of the songs. They're doing a great job of uh, quit talking about the cross in the songs and in the word that comes from the pulpit. There's churches you go to now, not uncommon, even in this area. They will tell you, we're not going to say anything about the blood. We're not going to say anything about the sin. And we're certainly not going to preach about the cross because if we did, we would not have any attendance. Nobody would come. And that's the sad state of the church nowadays. The cross reveals God's love is everlasting for you. The love for friends we have here on this earth is temporary. A lot of people dating, a lot of people that are uh, in relationships together, they, they use that word love, but really many times it's just lust. God's love for you is eternal. He gave you the very best. He's gave you every opportunity, and that love, it'll never cease, and it's just up to you to latch a hold of it. But I think many of us live far below what God intends for us, far below Me, you, everybody, I think we live way below what God wants for us because we don't understand the magnitude and the power of Calvary, what we have at our disposal every day of our life. When that temptation comes, you have power to overcome it. You have power not to commit sin anymore. You need things to change in your life. It can come through Calvary. All you have to reach out by faith and proclaim this The preaching of the cross reveals the provisions that God has made for man. God provided the substitute for you. You don't have to do any work. The church has a hard time grasping this 
But that day that Pharaoh Wilson walked up into that church and I was a stone-cold drug addict alcoholic, uh, smelling like a pack of Marlboro Lights, foul mouth, just a vile person. But that day that I accepted Christ, that day I stood at that altar down there at Stonefield and said yes to him, I was just as saved as anybody else in that congregation. You hear me? I don't care if you've been to church 50 years. That's great and it's very commendable. And you ought to, I'm proud of you. You don't have to live a sinful life. There's nothing wrong with that, living a good life. Man, that's awesome. Then you don't have a lot of burdens going forward. But my friends, you're j the person that just got saved today is just as saved as you are because the substitute was provided. And he's been the sin bearer for man. That message has never changed. It should still be proclaimed because it's the only thing that will set that man that's in bondage free because God paid the ransom. Uh, the preaching of the cross destroys the good works theory. I, I never thought the church would gravitate back towards works like I've seen it in the last few years. Uh, my friends, <clears throat> when you see things like 12-step programs, let me, let me make it a little simpler. If they start putting steps in anything in your salvation or sanctification process, look out. Something's wrong. There ought to be red flags going off everywhere. When they tell the drug addict, hey, we got a 12-step program for you and you'll recover, you, you should be worried. You should say, hey, something's not right. When they tell you 40 days of this or 12 days of that, the government of 12, or you go through this program, you go through this course, and we'll teach you how to be sanctified. My friends, that's not how salvation works. That is... That is gravitating back into works. It's just like what happened in Galatia. When Paul addressed the church at Galatia, what was happening is people were coming in and they were saying, you know what, this Jesus thing is great, but you're going to have to be circumcised to really be saved. And it still happens today. Are you sure about that? It happens all the time. I could carry you to number, a number of churches around this area that teach things from uh, Saddleback Church um, it, that, will, that gravitate towards work, that if you'll do this, if you'll do that, then you'll be more sanctified than just the cross alone. And Paul said, when you do that, you're crucifying fresh and new. And people wonder why the church is full of sin. I can tell you why it's full of sin. I can tell you why the church is changing. Because they are abandoning Calvary. You know, I, I don't know what's going to happen in the days ahead with any church. My friends, the way I look at some things right now, things going on in our nation, we could be one of just very few churches before long that are still proclaiming the truth. It, it, may, it may turn into that. I can tell you this. If you'll quit looking to men and women, if you get your faith away from certain churches and certain ministers, I'm not saying not to listen to them, I'm just saying don't plant your faith in them. Not me, not the church of God, not JSM, not the assemblies of God. If you'll get all your hope and trust out of them and you'll lean completely on the finished work at Calvary, I promise you, you'll be a law keeper. And then you won't have to go through some rules and regulations. You won't have to go through what man's telling you to do because the Holy Spirit will be speaking to you every day of your life and you will know how to live. You'll know how to follow after God. You'll know what's right. You'll know what's wrong. I, if, if you're going to follow this world, 
You're going to run into problems and you may very well lose your way. But if you'll follow after Christ, you'll never be led astray. The message of the cross is nothing new. <clears throat> and I'm going to be a little blunt and just say this. As much as I appreciate Brother Swagger and them, they don't own the message of the cross. We preach the cross. And without even saying Jimmy Swaggart, and this is what they'll say, well, we, we don't like Jimmy Swaggart. Or we're not preaching that Swaggart doctrine. Well, how's that Swaggart doctrine? This is what the Bible says. The Bible tells us to proclaim the message of the cross. The Bible tells us to live by this power of God. But somehow in this day and age, what has happened was this man was, I get, it's not nothing new, but God gave him a mandate in these last days to revive the message of the cross to the church. I, I remember saying this to Lauren Larson, and I remember when he said it on their program, uh, the message of the cross, I told him this. I, I, I didn't want to tell him, but I knew God had said it to me and to share with him. And he did on air, and I don't know how many people heard it, evidently a lot of folks. Uh, but he, I told him this. I said, I believe God said that JSM is his last attempt, God's last attempt to reach the church in the U.S. And it, that message, that's what God used him for, is to bring this message of the cross back to the church, back to the ministry and say, hey, this is what you need to be preaching. This is what needs to be coming from your pulpits. And I don't know how far they've gotten with it. Hopefully there's been a, enough people to hear it in these last days that it'll, it'll once again bring revival to this land. But folks, this is nothing new. This message of the cross is not, not because of Jimmy Swaggart. It's not because of Pharaoh Wilson. It's not because of the great ministers like Henry Ironside through the years that have proclaimed Christ and Him crucified. It was because a long time ago, God gave this message to Paul. And Paul shared it with the church and said, this is how you live. Not only are you saved by this, but this is how you live daily for God. It is the power. It's been declared down through the centuries. It's the church that is for God and not God. God has never changed, not one time. And this message will never change. The message of the cross, one of the most important things it does is I get ready to close. It opens the door to heaven. If you want to make heaven your home, It'll be through Calvary. If you want to stand before the eternal of ages, if you want to be part of that number that stands before his throne, singing a new song and praising Christ for eternity forever, if you want to walk those streets of gold, if you want to see that river of life, if you want to see those loved ones that have went on before you, if you want to be part of that, you're going to make it one way and one way only. And you'll go through the cross of Calvary. If you choose not to, you won't make it. You will not make it, my friends. There's no other way, Oprah. There's no other way to heaven than Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That's it. There's no other way. Quit searching. You know what? In your daily life, as I close, I, I, I just know in my spirit that people that are going to hear this and hearing today, you're struggling with something. I know that not because God is necessarily speaking to me. I know it because you're a human being. And I know you're struggling with things. We all do. How do I overcome it, Brother Wilson? Let me close with this. I want to read this verse. I promise you, I'm closing with this. The preaching of the cross is them that perish its foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. That is how you, that is how you overcome. If you want the power of God working in your life, 
that preaching of the cross, that message, that logos, that word of the cross is how you have victory. If you would stand with me this morning. This brings us to the end of this sermon. Don't forget to help us in our effort to bring the message of the cross to the world. We need your prayers and financial gifts to make that happen. Also, be sure to check out our website schedule and prayer wall while you are here on Power of the Cross Radio. We stream great Christian music and sermons all day, every day. Again, thank you for joining us today. May God bless you and keep you. Power of the Cross Radio is a production of Cross Faith Ministries. Visit them on the web at cfministry.com.